0: what's going on guys today on the latest energize show we have the infamous lydia des but first of all roscoe how are you doing
1: uh i'm doing absolutely fantastic um i've already worked for 12 hours today and here i am uh living off coffee and sugar but more importantly lydia our guest of the day how are you doing
2: i'm doing brilliant i'm also enjoying this cup of tea that you may be with sugar
1: it's yeah, a nice Treating
2: myself, yeah, yeah, it's very nice. Here, here's a I don't I don't usually drink dairy and I don't definitely don't take sugar in my drinks, but I had a special occasion because you've the fire lighting. We're about to get a good conversation going. It, it sounded like the, the right uh delicacy. Me,
1: <laughs> me and Barry have serious debates over this, right? Yes. How do you make a cup of tea?
2: Um funny you should ask me this. I recently had a plumber over to my house uh a couple weeks ago and I asked him did he want a cup of tea and he said yes I'd love a cup of tea and I said how do you want it And he said, whatever way you make the tea I'll have it that way and I made it kind of I like it to be slightly milky I, I like when you put the milk in but I don't drink dairy so I had almond milk and um, when I gave him the tea, I was like, no, I don't have dairy. I just have almond milk, so I hope this will be okay. And he was shook.
0: Oh, hold on, we have to get to the tea bag situation now. Do, do you oh. put... That's the real question. Oh,
2: sorry. Okay. Also, also, this, milk... The milk thing is very important yeah. to me. Also, but...
0: almond milk doesn't really mix that well in tea, does it? Not? It
2: doesn't, but, you yeah. know.
0: Let's get to the tea bag <laughs> situation. Is it you pour the milk in with the tea bag in, or after you take the tea bag out?
2: Anyone who pours milk in with the tea bag in deserves jail time. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who, who agreed with you? Will Fleury, wasn't it?
2: There is there is I actually know people who leave the tea bag in as they drink the tea. That's that called, is also deserving of jail time. That's in called my builders' opinion. tea.
1: That's called a builder's cup of tea. Yeah. But I, I just leave the tea bag in because then you can readjust
2: No 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 no. The
1: tea bag. As in like if it's not strong enough or it's too strong already? You take the tea bag out, and then if it's not strong enough, if you can squeeze
2: it. I don't, no, I'm not having it. If you've taken the tea bag out too soon, then that's that, that's your own your own business.
0: Yeah, Ross should be oh. sent to jail straight sent to away. Jail.
2: I can't believe you're making me drink a cup of tea that you left the tea bag in. How dare you?
1: All right, Barry. The tea debate's over. You can ask the first question then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, if
0: you're not aware of Lydia, she's well known throughout the Irish MMA scene. Uh, she's a former singer. She's a yes. current. MMA reporter, and also she's a television personality on Elaine TV. You can catch her on Virgin Media. Uh, Lydia, obviously you were a, a singer in a band called Sweet Jane. No, there was another one, Dan Hag or something. Dag her, dag her. That sorry. was yeah. I... Sweet
2: Jane was the main one, and then I, I dag her was uh, um, like a kind of a music project that I done a couple of years ago.
0: Okay, yeah. uh, how long did you do that for? And then how did you transition into rock star into MMA pundit?
2: Uh well thank you very much. Uh great introduction. Um yeah, so I, I was in a band when I was in my twenties. Um and I was in Sweet Jane for probably about six or seven years, I imagine. Um and yeah, that was my main job. We were signed to a couple of different record labels, Rekus Records over here, Warner Music in Asia. Um and yeah, spent like four years releasing music and touring the world. And when I was twenty nine I had sort of a midlife crisis, I suppose you would call it. Um, And I was just living, obviously, you know, it's, you can get an idea of what it would be like to be in a band, touring the world, and you're drinking all the time, you're doing whatever else, and you're living on a tour bus for like six, seven months of the year. Um, After a couple of years, it takes its toll on you and like your mental health suffers and all the rest. So um, we were, our relationships within the band were a little bit tense and I left um, and then when I left I turned 30 and I, I kind of had this sort of midlife crisis where I was like okay my whole identity was wrapped up in this band and being the singer of a band and living like a you know a rock and roll lifestyle I suppose and um, I kind of was just like right well, I don't know who I am anymore and then I kind of hit I suppose rock bottom looking back on it now I obviously like talk about it like like heartedly but it was very serious at the time um
0: yeah can I just ask you about that yeah obviously you put six years of your life into that and and like what the best part of your 20s yeah did you feel like like obviously me and Ross are doing the show now and we're sort of like right we're not failing we're gonna succeed we don't know what success is gonna be some people might even say it is success having an infamous singer on but um did, what way did you sort of look at them six years moving into your next thing were you like oh that was a bit of a failure because you could look at it being like oh that was a great foundation to be like right push yourself extra further yeah. as you said in your in one of your interviews I saw you said that like now you have confidence to go on camera whereas yeah. loads of people if you've noticed these days on social media won't talk into the camera
2: yeah but yeah. you know what I mean yeah, I that, that's a, a good point. Actually, I think at the time when when I was in the band and when, when I left the band, I definitely wasn't thinking, and not thinking was my main problem in the band. You know, in terms of like, I wasn't grateful, I wasn't appreciative of what was going on around me. Um, I I was a brat. You know what I mean? I I, I say that now as a brat. I I was entitled, and I felt like that everything was. Um, I had wanted to be in a band and be a singer for so long, and it because it had happened, I felt a sense of entitlement. Like, oh, I've wanted this all my life, so you know, you should do you, you, our record label should do this, and you should work for me, and blah blah, and all this. And you, you kind of, when you're in your twenties, you're ungrateful. I, I feel, I definitely, I was. Um. So it wasn't until when I had the sort of breakdown, I was like, why? Well, I need, I, I, need a complete change, and I, I don't know what really possessed me to start jiu jitsu, but I did start training jiu jitsu, and that's when. Everything changed.
1: And sorry, what was the make of your band? How many people were in it, and what type of music were you playing?
2: There was there was five of us in the band. To start out, there was there was um, myself and and Daniel, um, who was the the songwriter and the guitar player for the band. He out of nowhere, just from no one, just said one day, you know, I, I think you'd be a great singer for a band. And
0: did you see yourself as a bit of a Irish Stevie Nicks?
2: Well, we were. <laughs> we, <laughs> I wasn't. Well, it's funny you say that because if you're asking what kind of band it was, it was Fleetwood Mac and Oasis. That was the sort of style of music. Stevie Nicks was a huge inspiration to me. Um, And Courtney Love, Brody Dahl and Stevie Nicks would have been three of the most influential female singers that... Um, when I was growing up, um, but yeah, and it would have been that style because it would have been you know that kind of rock and roll and the female led and you know I had a tambourine the same way and they're coming back to Dublin now. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So was
1: it you and then four other guys? Four
2: other guys, yeah. And yeah.
1: How, how was it like being the only girl in the band? Was that rough or was that better?
2: Um, I don't think it was ever an issue I think I've always been kind of one of the lads you know that kind of way um it might have might have been a bit of an issue when like their girlfriend started coming on board that was uh
1: oh yeah the, the jealous, jealousy factor
2: um yeah like I don't I don't know if it's if if it's jealousy as in I'm jealous of her but it's just
1: they don't want their boyfriend spend so much time with another girl exactly
2: it's like their their time not even I don't even think it's with another girl I think it's on something else other than them. Yeah,
0: it's the the talent as well. Talent can really intimidate people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lead no, singer of a band and then you're just a random group. group yeah, well, I think... Sort of thing. I think... Um, them, not you, sorry.
2: I, I think that, that, that was one of the, the factors in the band that led to us breaking up and the demise of our relationships within the band was that... You know this and again this is just my perception it's not actually the reality like it could might not everyone there's three versions of every story your version their version and the truth you know so this is just my version of it um and I think that I you know being the lead singer of a band when you do interviews and you do like uh Video interviews or magazines or whatever it is. The magazines want to put you on the cover. They want to put you in the picture because you're the singer and you're the like main attraction. But then you have four other people in the band who work yeah. just as hard and who love the band just as much, but they don't get any attention. Do you know what I mean? So it sounds a little bit petty, but after seven years, that can start to like nip away at the band. And, you know, I definitely, if I was to start the, start it over now and go back to the band, um, everything will be, very different because I'm a different person and I've done a lot of work on myself in between that time of leaving the band, starting training jiu jitsu, and then starting MMA Connect TV.
1: Yeah, I always think with a band, it's very hard to share that equality factor. Like, if you look at someone like you two, sort of like Bono, The Edge, then there's Larry Mullen, and then like people are like, Who's that? Or I was like Adam Clayton, I remember, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's you're never going to get it all yeah. fair. So, look at Queen, like Freddie Mercury, like own that band absolutely. Then, yeah, it was yeah. just the way it worked Show it's me. funny
2: you mention uh, Bono and you two actually because my housemate is Bono's uh, goddaughter and we talk about this all the time in that
1: you both always wear sunglasses
2: th- that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's the thing it's when you actually have been in a band or you're around people that work in the music in- industry and you see how common it is for bands to fall out th- drug addiction alcoholism whatever it is and then to see you two and see how they have actually kept it together regardless of what you think about their music or Bono as a person in terms of business people and in terms of um, how they managed to go and last have this longevity is is incredible you know
1: I think Ireland is the only country in the world that can have a band as successful as U2 and half the countries go nah we don't like them
2: well it's a typical Irish thing yeah, it's like it the, the begrudgery? Uh, typical Irish begrudgery I love it it's like well this makes our culture you know
1: although it's quite funny everyone's like don't like U2 but, but the edge he seems cool
2: yeah <laughs> he seems like the type of guy you want to sit in a bar with
1: yeah uh,
0: one of um, sorry Larry Mullen's son actually follows us right and we went back to his house after one night and the house was enormous right Yeah. and like obviously your man Larry uh, sorry um, his son's name's Elvis yeah. and Elvis is obviously like this is normal but like I was literally like can I get the house tour here you know yeah yeah unreal <laughs> D-
1: didn't he uh bring the people back from the house to another house or something like that no yeah th- yeah there was a load of- you're
0: ratting them out now but uh <laughs> i don't know we should probably move into out uh, yeah. i'm sure a load of people listening to this story now didn't know you're uh, yeah, a yeah and i'll
2: tell you a funny story actually um when i when i left sweet jane um and i was kind of didn't know whether i wanted to be a music anymore and i was a bit kind of like what am i going to do uh I done a record with Gavin Friday who's like Bono's best friend and obviously is like this iconic Irish uh, singer um and creative kind of entity but uh he lives next door to Bono and when we were we recorded in his house the album the album sadly never got released he he's saying that it still will get released but um, I'm, I'm waiting for it to, to get out there but when we were Ten rec- years later ten, <laughs> Literally it'll be that thing ten years later But when we were recording I was like at the time I smoked And I was like right I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette And I was on his like balcony And then I was looking at this amazing like little kind of uh, Garden house thing at the end Looking over like the, the sea and Dawky And I was like oh wow that house is amazing He's like oh that's Bonnie Bono and, and Ali's house there And he's like that's the guest house and he was like, do you know who the last person was who, who stayed there? And I was like, who? And he was like, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Like, it was wild. I was yeah. like, what? You can at the end of your garden. It was just a, a weird, mad little... Jeez, you
1: must be stalking him all the time. I was like, look who's there. Now.
2: Yeah, I was like, God, can I come around more often? Like, sit on your like balcony and see who's down in the guest house.
1: Although I think Bill Clinton would be a hard one to miss. Um,
2: Definitely. So after your music <laughs> career,
1: you're jiu jujitsu. Yes. Um did you watch any mixed martial arts before that or did you just happen to find yourself in a jiu-jitsu class and then you fell in love with it?
2: Um, what happened was my brother trains MMA and I I was living in Australia at the time. And you know, I'd heard him talk about jiu-jitsu. He'd done boxing all his life. Um, I was never into sports. You couldn't get me to walk five meters to the shop. I was like, literally did not do any sport or exercise whatsoever. And, uh, I always love like when I had a couple of drinks. Love wrestling people. Still to this day, I get a couple of drinks on me, and I would like try and wrest. Now I know how to wrestle people. It's a difference. Do
0: you see yourself as more of a Stone Cold Steve Austin or The <laughs> yes. Rock?
2: Uh, definitely Stone Cold or, or CM Punk. CM Punk. <laughs> um and uh yeah, I was out one night, and this was after the music had ended. You know, like and uh, and I was like, right, I need to kind of change my life. And my best friend's boyfriend. Uh, is a judo black belt. And he was like, You should start jiu jitsu. You'd love it. And I was like, I don't even really know what that is. And I went to his judo club about two weeks later. He convinced me to go up um and he'd done like private jiu jitsu, private, like basic stuff. And we'd done that for about two months. And I was like, God, I love this. This is amazing. And he was like, Now you have to go join a jiu jitsu gym. But I was absolutely, like, shitting myself. Sorry, can I, can I swear? You no. can say whatever you oh, want. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, you fucking can't. <laughs> uh, but I was. I was absolutely terrified. And um, I went to, I was like, where do I even go? Like, where does one go to jiu-jitsu? And he had known yeah. a couple of girls that were training in, in East Coast Jiu-Jitsu Academy, which is now my gym. I went out and I paced the roads that the gym is on. I'd say about, 15 times and I was like I can't go in I physically can't it's like it was m- I put on so much weight since I left the band and I was just drinking all the time so I was like unhealthy I was like about 30 kilos heavier than I am now and I was like I can't do it I got to the door and I was 15 minutes late for the class at this stage because I spent so much time pacing the, the street you're warming up yeah
0: <laughs> you're, you're actually giving me anxiety telling me the story like...
2: I know but I have, like, I have anxiety thinking about it myself right yeah. And um, I got to the door of, of the, um, the gym and I was like, they had started the class. So I was like, God, now it's even worse. And I stuck my head in I was like, sorry, I'm starting, uh, I'm really late. And then I, it was uh, when the instructors was like, no, no, go on, just get changed, like come in. And I went in and I was so out of my depth and so uncomfortable and it was the worst thing. It was the worst hour of my life. But I went back the next day and then I kept going back and it changed my life. Which is the short end of the story?
1: Yeah, no, I've actually done a few jiu-jitsu classes myself, and um, I've had a few funny experiences. Just that uh, I went to actually one of the tenth plan jiu-jitsu classes here in Dublin. It's just down in Fairview, and uh, the instructor, like, obviously, was like doing his demonstration. There was actually only four of us in the class, and the other four were like were all well versed in jiu-jitsu. And I was yeah. like, "Hey, first day, yeah. <laughs> right?" And then like they be like, "Catch me!" And then I just start laughing, right? Yeah, and they, yeah. were, like, they were like, "They're like." why do you keep on laughing it's like like I never realised how vulnerable you can be against someone until like yes. you, you, you find out you meet someone who knows what they're doing you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and like the thing is like I actually wrestle a lot of my friends when I get a few drinks in me as well but I always win <laughs> and it's quite funny that you never know who you're, who you're going to meet and what, what their like skill level is what they're capable yeah. of absolutely and yeah. like you're right your first couple of classes you are but like alright until you can like actually get the better of someone yeah. like it is a bit you know, oh, daunting. it's definitely
2: it's definitely intimidating, and like for I'd say for six months, it was literally a process of being like my ego and um, my sense of self, like everything I thought about myself, everything was like stripped away, and I I stopped everything. I moved to Dunleary where it was. Um, I stopped drinking. I started eating clean. I lost loads of weight, and I got really serious about jiu jitsu. Um, and it was very easy to do. I was training six days a week. I was doing yoga. Like it was just the best year of my life. You know, I literally stopped everything and everything that was bad in my life. People, environments, social, the whole lot and just on jitsu.
0: Uh, yeah, it sounded like you turned into a bit of a monk. Which is I like, did. Yeah.
2: I did. And my friends said that to me. They were like, "You're, you're too zen. Yeah, like, it, it too almost zen sounds then.
0: like you use it as rehab, but I'm sure like loads of people do this. I like, did. Look at like Jonah is... Hill, for instance. Like he's yeah. straight in now, like mad about the old jiu-jitsu
2: Absolutely. And I act in I it was funny because when I jiu jujitsu, I was able to recognize in myself that, um, you know the what I didn't like about myself, what I did like about myself and it made me face myself, which, which I had never done before. It made me stop and think about my life and who I was as a person and what I needed to change, you know, and different things. So I did go to therapy. That was the the next stage I went to, I had like jujitsu therapy and then I actually went to therapy, which was the best thing I ever done, you know? And definitely when I look back on, you know, especially with MMA Connect TV now, I kind of, I believe in the universe. I believe in like what's meant for you, doesn't pass pass you I believe that we all have a purpose here and it's our kind of duty to figure out what our purpose is and, and to, to live good lives and be good people and starting Jiu Jitsu was this start of this huge just journey that I'm on is, for me it's just starting you know yeah. what I mean
0: um, a lot of people around Ireland not so much in America like it seems like a lot of people in America would have a uh, a therapist but yeah. in Ireland it seems like very like oh don't do that don't, yeah. like, you know what I mean like but um.
2: Well, I think people in Ireland still have the the impression that you only go to a therapist if you've got a psychological mental illness yeah. or if there's something wrong with yeah. you. Like see, like you've got clinical depression, is you know, I think people think that like to go to a therapist you need to be like strapped down to a bed with like yeah. you know, trying yeah. to take your life or yeah.
0: something. Yeah, sure. And like yeah.
2: That's not the way it is. And and for me now, like I, I still go to therapy. Um, not as frequently as as I did at the start but I check in all the time with my therapist and it's what I find is that it's an opportunity for you to go talk to someone about what's in your head and to get a soundboard on okay well you feel like that because you're thinking this because do you think maybe you've done this or you feel like that because of this you know and and it makes you I enjoy like jiu-jitsu which is like you know they described as like the human chest thing it's like figuring out like you know the the sort of science of I do this you do this you know it's kind of like a chess game and therapy is like that for me I love leaving and being like yeah that's why I reacted in that way or that's why that gave me anxiety it's because of a deeper you know subconscious that I have so it like I'm obsessed with the self I'm obsessed with myself people communicating um and you know Experiencing life and so on. So,
1: so how did you go from starting your jujitsu to deciding that you were going to start into mixed martial artists yeah. and then setting up and make next TV? How did that all come about?
2: Well, I got an offer at a job working for Bama, which is the mixed martial arts promotion. That sadly, uh, over the last uh, couple of months, we found out that it's it's no more um but I was offered a job just doing kind of like social media and you know just fighter videos and keeping fans informed about you know who's on the card what they were doing different stuff so I started I done the first Bama Ireland card and um I was like yeah this is amazing you know and I was doing a lot of stuff with the press team and you know going to radio stations and and you know um meeting the fighters and then I was meeting fans and then we'd have the show and I, I'd be like, you know, obviously working at the event and I, I'm in the crowd, I'm looking at the fans and then I'm backstage with the fighters, I'm looking at the fights and obviously through training jiu-jitsu, I, my love of MMA, my love of combat sports just was just instantly there because I now understood, especially with MMA, with jiu-jitsu, I understood the techniques and different stuff and um, I remember I was just at backstage, I can't remember what fighter I was, I think it might have been Reese McKee on him. Reese McKee and Mark Andrew had like a pro debut. They were kids. They were so young at the time. Um and uh, I was backstage was in the dressing room and they were like getting their hands wrapped. They were warming up. And then I go into another dressing room and there was like Redzer from Team Rhino was there. Patrick Wixed was white I think at the time. And um there was just all this life that was going on backstage. It was loads of like emotion. You know, people were coming off after winning. There was like experiencing the highs, the highs. Then there was people in the next room that were bawling, crying because they just lost a pro debut or whatever it was. Yeah. and That's that's
0: where they're at the most vulnerable. Like yeah. in the build up, you're like, yeah, I'm going to kill that guy. But when it comes down to when you're getting wrapped yeah. up, it's like this is real now. Yeah. yeah,
2: And it was like there was this sort of um, raw emotion and sort of like an honesty. There was, you know, you, obviously the build up to a fight. We all know about like this kind of the Con, Con McGregor era of like, you know, the videos and the train videos. I'm an animal, this kind of stuff that's on social media. But really, you know, when, when a fighter is in the cage, they can't do that anymore. You know what I mean? Or when they're in a boxing ring or whatever it is. It's the ultimate honesty. that uh, You see people for what they are in, in those rings. You know what I mean? You see into their souls.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, see, the thing is about MMA, right? As a fan. I actually, like, really enjoy watching the training and the build-up. Like, the yeah. fight is just, like, okay... Well, obviously, you want them to win or whoever you want to win. But, like, I love watching their hard, their hard work and the dedication. Yeah. That's what made me fall in love with it. Because I feel like some people see it as human cockfighting. But, like, if they saw the build-up to yeah. that event, then they'd understand what it was, you know? They're yeah. not just, like, on the street looking for a street fight, you know?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think... Because uh, there's a big dis- big separation between people who watch combat sports who train combat sports and then fighters like there's a there's a big it's you know I suppose like when you watch football and stuff or you watch rugby or any sports you know you have like armchair supporters or like you know arm you know armchair coaches or whatever and they're like oh you should have passed the boy should have done this you get that as well and then mate I think it's only when you actually train and you actually feel what it's like to put your body through that level of intensity in 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 terms of training and then recognize that you're only doing a quarter of what a professional athlete or a professional fighter does and then
0: even cutting the weight as well
2: well that's like the the weight cutting when i started like actually working in 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 combat sports and and being around people who were weight cutting it was the biggest like eye-opener um In terms of like mental strength, mental determination and like how the body actually reacts to being, you know, um, uh, to to not having certain foods and water or whatever it might be. And then when I uh, when I I started competing in jujitsu myself, I was only cutting like three or four kilos just to make a certain weight class. And so you're cleaning up your diet and then like the last week you're doing like a weight cut to get the last two kilos off. And then you think about fighters who were dropping 20-odd yeah. pounds, you know what I mean, yeah. on a fight week. Yeah. S- even
0: Anthony Rumble Johnson. Remember he was fighting at like fe- <coughs> Featherweight,
2: probably.
1: No, he was in at 170, yeah. but like the way he cuts his own battle, it's just one of those things where the only time I ever get frustrated with MMA fans is that like a lot of the time, like you could have a really good fight. Like you could have like Damian Maia doing work on the ground and then like the fans start booing because they're not yeah. like, you know, just aimlessly throwing punch at each other. And I'm like, yeah. You have to admire each individual art in its in its glory. Yeah. You know what I mean.
2: Well, the MMA fights yeah. when when you um, when you're in the crowd or when you're you can hear the crowd for MMA fights. Um, you can definitely hear the people who don't know the sport yeah, because you'll have you know I remember once I was watching a fight and someone when the fighters had the other fighter in closed guards and there was like a load of guys and they were saying just get up just get up yeah. and I'm like well if you were in closed guards um, you would understand that the the, the 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 idea is for you not to be able to get up
0: Well, so, I mean? some people say that to be funny as well you know what I mean
2: yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, you hear, like... Well, yeah, you're, is... When 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 it goes to the ground, then, mate, get... Oh, stop rolling around. Come on, fight. Like, people just want to see stand-up. And I get that, you know. I understand this uh, to a degree, I, I, but, like...
1: Oh, see, I'm, I'm almost of, like, Ben Ashkrain thinking think that, like... If he can take you down and hold you down for 15 minutes and you can't get up, that's your problem. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't actually like stand-ups whatsoever. And, like, a lot of people will be you know, very much against that. They they love a good L stand-up. But I'm more so like, look, he took you down. He's on top of you. He got you there. Now that's your problem. But
2: it's funny. I've watched so many fights, you know, and uh, like when you get a good wrestler or you get someone who who wrestles someone to the cage, you know, and and they've pinned them to the, the cage wall for the whole fight for the three rounds. And then you have the fans being like, oh, he just pinned him down. Just sat on him for five rounds or for three rounds. It's like, but that was his game plan. He's a yeah. wrestler, he's not a striker. That's MMA, that's the beauty of it. You ha- that's where the sport originated from. It's like, you know, go back to Pride 1 and stuff. You know, you have a a jiu-jitsu guy against a boxer or a kickboxer or whatever it is. That's that's where the sport originated from. Do
0: you think, okay, obviously now these days uh, most champions have like a huge background in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, do you think schools should try and implement that or there should be more gyms opening up that because we've seen James now. James is like obviously a jiu-jitsu um i don't know what like keen is obviously more uh, james
2: you mean james Gatterhill. James, Gatterhill, sorry. Yeah, james. so james Jiu-Jitsu. got promoted last week or a couple of weeks ago i believe so he's a brown belt and i definitely know you know in terms of like john kavanagh and, and his belt system he doesn't just go handing out belts to 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 promote people for the sake of it like i firmly believe that you know if john was going to promote you and give you a brown belt then you are absolutely deserving of that and james has a phenom- phenomenal grappling background, you know what i mean?
0: Yeah. Well, I, ju- I just mean like most of them come back, uh, sorry. They most. go back to
2: what they know is what you're kind of saying. No, no, no.
0: like just... most of them come from like James obviously is his background is jiu-jitsu, like yeah. not many fighters will go into SBG and be like oh my background is wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Well, they when we started going it was like the wrestling oh, well, he's, the he's got a couple of guys, i actually don't know what their names are, but i know they come from a wrestling background. And it was funny. I done. Um, I was in Team Rhino this weekend, and I uh, was doing an interview um, ahead of a show this weekend, Cage Warriors Academy. And there was a wrestling class going on, and there was forty five amateur and pro fighters on on the, on the on the the mats. And Bill McCann is the guy who actually teaches wrestling. That's exactly what I asked him. I was like, "Do you think that we, it's it's missing out of guys, um, you know, out of their 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 game is like wrestling? You know, it's it's the there's such a big play on like obviously Muay Thai kickboxing jiu-jitsu and boxing but there's a huge gap for wrestling and I think watching Irish fighters is a huge gap for them to improve in wrestling do you know what I mean and you can it's such a good game plan you're at such an advantage if you've got a good wrestling uh, background
1: but I think it's one of those things where Irish people are never going to be as good as the Americans wrestling because they're like big high school wrestling yeah collegiate wrestling and then yeah. like even like look, Henry Cejudo, Daniel Cormier, Ben Askren, Olympic level wrestling. Yeah, you know what I mean, and uh, it's is one of those things like that's not in our heritage, so we're mm-hmm. never going to actually catch up with the American sport. Yeah. M.A. wrestling again is different. Look yeah, at George St Pierre; he was never a wrestler in college, high school, and he could be he could go down as one of the best, if not the best, mixed martial arts wrestler of all time. Yeah, like he was able to take everyone down. Josh Koscheck took him down at Will NCAA Division One wrestling champion. So like. As much as we'll never have that base level wrestling, it doesn't mean that our guys can't, you know, stop the takedown of those high level guys. Yeah. So it, it it's one of those things like Sergei seems to be doing great work with everyone over here. So it's one of those things where yeah, we probably won't be as good at wrestling, but I don't think that necessarily means we. Doesn't can't mean be we shouldn't champ. train it. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't mean we shouldn't train it, and we can still be the champs, guys. We can still be the champs. Dream big, dream yeah. big. <laughs> sure. Robert Whitaker was trying to get on the Olympic team for Australia for wrestling, yeah. and obviously the UFC would like, you know, say say what you're doing, right? But uh, I, I just think, yeah, we're never gonna have an Olympic wrestling champion, yeah. but we can still be good.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I agree.
1: Yeah, so Sir guy keep on doing that yeah. cool job. <laughs> Is that his gym out in Ace now? Is that That's. Uh, I,
2: I don't know. I haven't I've, had a I've no idea. I he know. seems
1: to be running out there anyway. Yeah, I think Peter Quayle. Peter as well. Between the two of them, they're doing an absolute great job. I saw his son out there doing like some sort of like power lifts and deadlifts on Instagram. Did you see that
2: now? No, I didn't. No.
1: All right, well there you go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, give, give him a look. I think it's Albert. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you think more mixed? Sorry, do you think more mixed martial art, like uh, like jiu jitsu or muay thai or even wrestling, should be added into like the school curriculum for PE? Because like with the amount of time we spent throwing a, a javelin, that I'm never going to do again was just absolutely pointless. You don't well.
2: know, when you're going to need to throw a javelin. <laughs> throw you out the
0: door after.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah,
2: um here's my thing i think that all it, sh- it should be compulsory for all children to do martial arts if i had to choose what what, what martial art they should have to do if for me it would be jiu-jitsu yeah. i think that jiu-jitsu is more than just a sport it's a mental and physical um <clears throat> tool of impairment for any person um i don't think that you know not that I wouldn't like to see kids doing boxing or Muay Thai or kickboxing um, because obviously responsible clubs won't have kids doing headshots anyway regardless of what, what what um outlet it is. But I think that jiu-jitsu is like, you know, and maybe I'm biased, but I think that jiu-jitsu is just something that would benefit so many people. Do you know what I mean? So I know that in like Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, they have jiu-jitsu in all schools. It's compulsory. It's like hurling yeah. or... Just, is hurling compulsory over here i can't remember
1: Uh i, I think at one stage you're given a, a stick in your hand at some stage of your like, life <laughs> and it's like, like
2: hurling or the library yeah. i definitely went to the I, library I think it's like, anyway, it's that's like, for sure
1: right I, I think what happened is you play you play sort of gaff for like 10 weeks in a row and row. It's like right we have to play hurling this week you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and like obviously hurling's always a funny one because obviously some kids play it and then like they're running around and then you see the kids who've never played and they're like yeah. they look clueless and they're terrified
2: but you know what it's funny because I'm, I'm at an age now where like my ki- my, my kids I was going to say my friends are starting to have kids and I'm always saying to them like oh it's you know a couple more years and like, with their four or five you'd be able to put them into jiu-jitsu and they're horrified no way I'm not putting no I don't want them fighting but they'll happily throw them onto a pitch for rugby or whatever you know all contact sport is has an element of danger you know what I mean They're all contact sports or all sports there is an element of you may get hurt you know like the only way to stop yourself getting hurt is sit in your room for days on end or whatever, you know. So, um, the one thing that Jiu-Jitsu has taught me is that always try new things and don't be afraid to try new things.
1: Yeah, well, I'm actually having a kid in June. So, I heard congratulations yeah, thank to you. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and if it's a girl, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. If it's a girl, it's going to be the next Katie Taylor. Hmm. And if it's a boy, it's going to be George St. Pierre. Because... In terms of female and male combat athlete sports, they're my two favourites. Amazing. Yeah, Yeah. because, you know.
2: I interviewed um, a little girl. Uh, Her name is Summer Ivory. Um, She's a Muay Thai fighter and she's like a champion Muay Thai fighter. She trains. That's a really good name. Isn't isn't it? Yeah, like her dad, her parents knew exactly what they were doing there. Um, But she trains at Rob Carrier and Joyce Sua and Bray. And uh, she trains with Katie Taylor. She does boxing with her. Um, And when I was interviewing her, I was like... uh, you know, you could be the next Katie Taylor of Mai Thai. And she was like, well, why can't I just be the next Summer Ivory of Mai Thai? I was like, oh, oh my knows. God, a six-year-old has just like totally wiped the floor at me. I was like, yeah, totally. And I I put it up on um on her Instagram and I tagged Katie. And she was like, oh, I love Summer. She's going to be a champion for sure. You know, it was such a lovely moment. It's
1: great to see the kids with such confidence. Like uh, Nate the Great Kelly. and uh, Like that's what we know him as Nate the Great. Like... He got up on his dad's shoulders when uh, during the Aldo first McGregor press conference and told him one day, Dana White, you're going to sign him in the UFC. And, like, the fella's, I think he's jiu jitsu champion. Do you know
2: that wasn't his dad? Wasn't that it, was VJJ was not... Lebowski, Stephen Leary. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I, that, to be
1: honest, I, I wasn't really looking at whose shoulders I just assumed it was his dad. Yeah. Uh,
2: anyone who's kind of old school Irish MMA will know Stephen Larry. He's like a uh, jiu jitsu brown belt, but he. Ran Battle and an old Irish MMA promotion with Andy Ryan from Team Rhino. So that's who was up on oh, Nate brilliant. was up on his shoulders. Yeah, iconic oh, moments. Iconic oh, moments. Oh,
1: oh, oh, I've actually been to one or two Battle Zones before because uh, w- my brother's a person Training in a gym down the road and uh, Drum Girl and Sean yeah, Paul. Drummers. Yeah, they both fight out there Drummers yeah. over in Australia yeah. now. He is, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he yeah. A great
2: fighter. Yeah, he was. He, great he, great was he was
1: actually very grapple heavy in his fighting yeah. style. He, he he's a uh, Lovely fella. Well, I'll I think him.
2: Andy Andy Ryan has the most black belts, jiu jitsu black belts, and judo black belts in the country um, yeah. out there. So you know, I mean, he's in good stuff. He's an
1: absolute beast, that fella. I and mean, you know he what? Is. He's probably the nicest guy in the he MMA is. game. He'd actually give anyone a time, that Do fella. Do you know
2: why he's? um he, uh, It's uh, you can understand why he's got such a good team of lads behind him. He's 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 tough. Do you know what I mean he's a great coach? He's tough on it. It's not that like he's like a, a, a you know like they can walk all over him. Right? Now. He's the nicest man in the world, but he teaches them all his lads discipline, respect, the the true ethics of being a good fighter. You know what yeah. I mean? They train it, hard. They they're respectful on and off the mat. Um, and he's sort of like um, almost like a father figure. To yeah, all I was gonna say he's like
1: there. he's like he's like he's like the dad of the mega game, that's who and he is.
2: For me, obviously, like being, you know, I hate being like, oh, I'm a female in combat sports and we're so few and far between, but, you know, there's obviously been certain things along the way over the last couple of years where I've needed a voice on or I'm like, oh God, I don't know. And Like as, as good as my own dad is, he doesn't understand the sport or the game or what, you know, media and what that sort of stuff. And Andy would be someone that I would, you know, pick up the phone and I'd be like, well, what do you think? And he's always, would always tell you the truth. He'll always be honest with you. And it's it's very, um, you, you know what you're getting with him. Do you know what I mean? It's a it's a lovely quality. He's a, he's a great guy.
1: Yeah, he, he seems absolutely incredible. And like, <clears> just look <throat> at the other people he had out there, like Neil Sear, you know what I mean? Getting up six in the morning to go do his day job. Yeah. And then like professional fighter in the evening. It, it just seems like they have a lovely like family vibe out there. And like sometimes you see Andy Ryan every now and then on Instagram calling out, the people who aren't there on a train and who be. Yeah. He's just like he, that yeah. guy.
2: Brilliant. I love it. He's great on Instagram, actually. You should follow him. Coach Andy Ryan, well, and your happening? listeners. He says, um, he says something at the end of his... Uh, oh, he does it all the time. Uh Oh, shit.
1: It'll come back to you and you can yeah, remind... Yeah, I think about you.
2: it.
0: Yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, the amazing of the last five years has just totally changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, even the way you said, Neil was doing... I
2: miss Neil Siri from Irish MMA. (laughs) He was so lucky that he was just that bit
0: older and stuff. But uh, see the way there's a new wave coming in and everyone's with Bellator now. Um, Obviously, you're like the only girl that I really know in the scene that's doing all, like putting in such a hard effort. I remember we were at the last BAM at Bellator and I saw you were like walking around making sure everyone was okay. I was like, Jesus, like, it was, I was like, I don't know, she's looking after everyone. I don't know. Because it was weird for a while. (laughs) It seemed like most MMA sort of journalists or reporters weren't really helping anyone out. I sort of got that vibe anyway. But uh, what way do you see it going for the next couple of five years? Because if at least, well, John Cavanaugh is cornering like 13 people. And I think, uh, isn't Andy cornering like two? reds and are he's and got three. He's three. got
2: Reds, Miles Price, and uh, Miles Andy Price. Murphy.
0: There, yeah. If half of them win on the card, Bellator will definitely come back. Because like, John Cavanaugh is sitting at the round table there. But uh, what do you think is going to happen then with the Irish and Macy 'Cause like you've obviously been to like Cage Legacies and Battle Zones yeah. and you know nearly every fighter coming up. Yeah. Um if there become if that becomes more on TV, obviously MMA Connect T V, do you see yourself like getting like a role within Bellator in some sort of way or you know what I mean? Um,
2: I don't know if I would want a role within Bellator, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um there was a time where I was like, oh, I could use MMA Connect TV to leverage myself to yeah. get on yeah. this place. I, I
0: only asked her because I saw you say that in an
2: interview. Yeah, <laughs> no, just... no, 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 it's, uh, and there's no problem at all. But um, and I definitely thought that way. But I then sat back and I was like, I think I, I thought like that because I was limited in where I thought MMA Connect TV could go. And I kind of had to pull myself up on that. And I was like, well, you work seven days a week on this you like you know i have no social life whatsoever my entire week is building this business and i was like it's your,
0: it becomes your baby doesn't it
2: absolutely yeah and it's it's like a double-edged sword you know what i mean it's like i have a new it's not even about you know M A connect tv anymore it's about like learning how to grow a business. You know, and anyone who has their own business that is living off of that business will understand what I mean. It's like a sacrifice. And I never I never understood um how much of a sacrifice that it would be. I, I used to see people all the time saying like such a sacrifice to have your own business stuff and I was like, yeah, that's, you know, they don't get to be as social as they want to be or they don't have enough a lot of money or whatever it is, but you like you it's the the sacrifice of like, you know, a friend's wedding well I've got a huge show and that's my income you know and like there's just so much you miss out on so much in terms of like family friends and different stuff and you know and you're you constantly unable to shut off you're constantly switched on you're you know constantly thinking about running the business being creative what can I do next like did that work you know it's 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 24 7 but um to answer your question I don't know if I like, obviously, I mean, if Bellator ring me in the morning, you're like, we've got this amazing offer for you. Then obviously I'm going to hear them out Um, one FC, one fighting championship in Asia is definitely I would jump at the opportunity to do anything with them. Um, yeah. But there's there's loads of um opportunities coming up. I, I think what I'm finding is that, you know, like the Yakeos, we just started working with Yakeo, which is a huge Muay Thai brand they see the value of having MA connect TV coming along as opposed to you know having me do something with them you know what I mean they, they okay. like the kind of dynamic of having this sort of like alternative media platform that is is you know uh, helping to leverage their their Irish and, and UK fan base as well you yeah. know
0: i just i just thought you were sort of like bringing it on at an extra yard like the way ariel was bringing it is bringing it on over in america yeah like obviously andrew McGann was doing very well and now he's with the mac life and then i yeah. haven't seen him really on that recently but like i saw the way you're now on tv and yeah. like and it's way, funny because the way Irishman made the scene like it's almost like you'd be a very good face to bring it forward because like
2: well thank you very you much mean- that that's that's really nice to to hear um yeah and it's funny like i mean i landed the job with the lane show um, being on, on the panel. So that's on uh, Virgin Media, which is for me, TV3. When I got asked to, to do the first show, it was on the back of MMA Connect TV. You know, they were looking for, um, obviously, a female who was, like, uh, not necessarily into sport. Just a new, fresh face that had, like...
1: They were looking for the sport, these boys, Numbers you.
2: It was me. <laughs> but uh, they were looking for someone who had, you know, uh, like, wasn't afraid to give an opinion. And who had a fresh set of ideas, I suppose. Um,
0: yeah, they seem to love you there.
2: Yeah, um, yeah I I'm really well with them. Yeah, I, I've, yeah I, They
0: seem real girly and they're like, oh, someone who knows about sport, cool. You know?
2: yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I, I, it's not only sport, but someone who has, I, I, I mean, I don't mean to sound like, as it will sound when I say it, but someone who has sort of like a man's way of thinking. Do you know what I mean? Like I think with logic and I'm not really that girly. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. not, you know, I, I spend my days, I spend six hours a day in gyms with men you know fighting men do you know what i mean so i have a different (laughs) a different uh uh you know um i think a different way of thinking about situations you know what i mean which which i like um and they like because you know you have a panel of women who are like think a certain way and then i come in i'm like no i don't really think that and i'm quite spiritual and i think about like the universe and positive mindset and all this kind of stuff and
1: yeah, but you, you can probably give the male voice from the female side of things or something, yeah, something along those yeah, yeah, lines. Yeah. Well, first...
2: You Although, sort of- I, to, I hope that someone will listen to this show and they'll be like, she hates women! Like, I definitely don't, you know? Like, I absolutely don't. But it's funny, since doing the show, like, obviously, I've been contracted now. This is my six-month working with, with Virgin, so it's... To think three years ago that I was, like, had, like, this little YouTube channel or, you know what I mean? To, to be able to say, well, I got this massive TV deal on the back of of like something that I created myself. It is really something to be proud of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's funny now, the difference that that made to like not only work with MMA Connect TV, but me as my own brand. Now I have all these people being like, oh, can we work with you? Can we do this, can we do that? And it's like, you know, I was doing the same work six months ago but now that I'm on TV, it's like obviously it's yeah. a huge, yeah. it's a it, huge deal, you know. It's
1: a bit like people are always, people are always sort of like they always look at what you're doing, especially when you're doing something different. And then like they're just waiting for one person to like recognize your talent. And then once they recognize, them, going, oh, oh yeah, we always knew you had the talent. And they were yeah. like, you're actually on the TV. It's like grand. You know what I mean? It's like we always you your noise, and then you won the lotto. But now we think you're extra, extra nice, nice. You know? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? it's
2: funny. It's funny. You know, it's people are people are sheep, uh, which is like you know, it, uh, it's. It doesn't sound very nice to say it, but that's the reality. People are sheep and they follow people. So, like, if someone backs you, then they'll back you. But it takes, and that takes a true, um, a true why, a true real business person or a real entrepreneur to be able to take the, the brave step and say, like, I'm going to back that person when nobody else is. Yeah. I see something in her or him that um that is going to do good work and good things. And
0: yeah, but it's easy enough for you to do as well because you love it. I, I find I find yeah. like not many. Girls around Dublin, uh, well, I would call it Leinster as well. They're not really into sport, you know what I mean? Because like, some of them like the Irish rugby, but like, you wouldn't really catch many at the Irish games. There's not a lot, you know what yeah. I mean? Very male-dominated like in, in, in media, yeah. Like covering uh, the but sport, like, we right? also uh, we've also follow people working in Spain, Southwest, yeah. And like, it seems like a lot of girls from the country are mad into the sport, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot more than it seems like the Leinster well, I mean, Listen, I am, sure and it... you're in the right place, right time, like, yeah, the face of f- female fighting basically in in Dublin, Ireland, maybe
2: well especially I, I don't media know, I, like i yeah no, know like, we, like we'll, to we'll agree s- to that <laughs> but, i mean like you're
0: hardly gonna be like yeah i'm the queen
2: thank you very much but i'd like to see if you'd still say that if there was 30 other girls doing this job no, you know i'd like to like
0: s- we've been watching from a distance and we see who's doing putting in the hours and like you're going to every show and like we've been to a couple of shows that aren't actually that big and we're like oh there we go and then you're like running around like doing work that like myself and Ross think we put a lot of work in but you're literally but you know everyone as well and like yeah. everyone is backing you it seems like everyone no one has a bad word to say guys. I don't part, know part I Ross. don't know
2: if- <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I think everyone I think look everyone's putting in the graft everyone's working hard for sure I'm not going to say that like certain people are or aren't I'm sure everyone that's like trained to be a professional fighter is, is doing their utmost um, who do I who who if you are asking me who do I think is the hardest worker? Well, I'll just going to be I'll just answer it honestly. I will answer my, my personal opinion. And this is only because I spent so much time with him and I done a documentary on him and I followed him on a lot of uh, fight camps and fights that he's had. So I've been around him in like, you know, in a, in a in a high high intense times. So I I see the commitment and the work that he puts in and that would be Craig Coakley uh arguably Ireland's greatest Muay Thai fighter that, that there has ever been and probably that there will ever be um he's currently ranked ninth in the world um he's the only westerner for his weight class that's in the top 15 I think everyone else is thighs um so when you think about that like Thailand that's where Muay Thai originated and we have this like guy from Dublin he was like up there at number nine and he's he's like literally he's climbing his way to the number one spot um his next test obviously will be against like ties and and the you know other, other people who are ranked as high um but he's definitely someone who works really hard he's definitely someone who I take a lot of inspiration from in terms of uh his um his des- desire to succeed and his positive mindset um and he just has no um, there's no negativity in his mind whatsoever about what he can and will succeed in.
0: Yeah. Uh, shout out to Craig Coakley on Instagram. It's Coco underscore Craig. And Craig, if you're listening, we're definitely going to have you on.
2: Yeah, you should do. And I'll definitely uh, get him to listen to this. Um, but he—he he he's fascinating. Like he's one of the most humblest, unassuming, nicest guys that you'll ever meet. And then when he gets into the ring, he's literally opening stopping people left right and centre with elbows knees like every challenge that they put in front of him he's like not only winning but winning with this incredible fight style that he has really really exciting fire
1: and just to sort of wrap things up what is in store for the rest of the year for Lydia?
2: Uh, I well, obviously, we've got a lot of work with MMA Connect TV. I'm Craig that was talking about. He was the first person that I done a documentary on. Done another documentary on another guy called Paddy Douglas, who's an ex Irish Muay Thai champion as well. So documentaries are definitely where headed um, also doing longer length interviews conversations is what they're called um I recently had John Connors the actor on so it's people who are not only fighters but who have a, a love of fighting or who have fought in the past and you know he had a boxing past and uh we spoke about uh bare knuckle boxing as well so that th- that's the kind of route that I'm going it's um you know, going outside of the box, keeping doing what we're doing, but also um, trying some new styles of video and, and getting new people involved and new new different things. And a lot of TV work as well. I'm still contracted to the Elaine So show.
1: basically, a mix between the female Irish version of Louis Thoreau and Joe Rogan.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Louis In a Thoreau. Yeah, like Louis Thoreau is like a major uh, hero of mine. Uh, but I also want to be Oprah as well. So. Let's see how that works
1: out. She wants to save the world, doesn't she? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, Before we let you go, Lydia, do you have any uh, sponsors or any shout-outs you want to give before you head off?
2: Yes, I do. Um, I would like to say thank you very much to Fighters Corner in Finglas, number one fightwear fights store um, in the country. And they sponsor MMA Connect TV and have done for the last couple of months. And without them, I wouldn't be able to do this full-time. So thank you to them.
0: Yeah, and uh, where can everyone else find you online?
2: Um, my own personal stuff is at Lydia De Dahl, and then MMA Connect TV is all at MMA Connect TV and you can watch me on the Elaine show on Virgin Media one at 3pm Monday to Friday yeah.
0: well uh, thanks a million for coming on the show and I'm sure like this is going to be a massive year for you especially with the TV so when you when you become famous making them documentaries <laughs> uh, don't forget us don't they forget
1: us Yeah.
2: never forget anyone uh, thank you very much guys, for having me on and continued success Love
1: and them. as always Stay energized.